Hello, and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sereski. Did you know that sharks have dual penises called claspers? That's what I call double trouble. <laughs> and this week, we're going to be bringing you the straight poop on the Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel, that's correct. So not Cecil. No, that sounds so much less intimidating. Well, it takes all types. <laughs> Well, like all episodes of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us has done exhaustive research on the paranormal or a cryptid or a ghoul, and this week that's me. I have researched the Cecil Hotel while Shibble knows nothing but the name and whatever he came here knowing about it. Yeah, I mean, I knew that it was going to be probably a haunted hotel. I did not think it was going to be a monster hotel. Uh, and... I think like Hotel uh, Transylvania I, was what you're. Yeah, thinking. yeah. I didn't think. Yeah, it was gonna be a hotel where like, oh, Bigfoot's in town. Where's he gonna stay? Probably at the Cecil. <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty accommodating towards monsters at the Cecil. I mean, not that they probably aren't. Probably the ghosts that are there. If I was a monster and I was in the area of the Cecil Hotel, that would be probably my hotel of choice. <laughs> but uh, and I know that there's a uh, a Netflix series coming up about it. But that's it. Uh, that's all you know. That is all that I know. I can tell you what I imagine. Well, this this is how I'd like to start. I'd like to know what you see in your mind's eye when you picture <clears throat> the Cecil Hotel. All right. So I'm picturing uh, Art Deco. <laughs> I'm picturing West Coast. Uh, I'm going to say that there is... There's going to be more than one ghost, because I feel like a lot of hotels have one ghost. But if this is going to be a, a hotel that we're we're talking about, it's going to have, like, a couple of ghosts in there. I'm going to say there's going to be... One of them is going to be a ghost of a chef. And he is going to... You're going to, like, order the French fries, and then uh, the room service brings it up, and it's French flies! <laughs> And uh, <laughs> there's going to be a ghost of a bellhop. And if you don't, uh, he's going to be wearing like the bellhop coat and the little pillbox hat, but his legs are just the trail. And if you don't uh, tip him, he's going to stick his hand back through the door and be like, <clears throat> <laughs> through the door? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there'll probably also be like a ghost bartender. And uh, he serves you uh, a big class of ectoplasm <laughs> those are my guesses Th those are excellent guesses i'll tell you that yeah i mean i feel like if you told me right now i was 100 percent correct i wouldn't be surprised right well you're not 100 percent correct but you're, well, you're on to some things okay now as we've made tradition on uncle monster's spooky time fright hour i'd like to give you an explanation via story is that all right chibi Yes, I think I learned best through fiction. So, all right. The Cecil Hotel. Mm. Sweat pours down the socket of fat that has misshapen your forehead. Apparently. Oh, no. <laughs> Excuse me. I said, "Oh no." But I meant, "Oh no." Continue. <laughs> Apparently, excess fat will find a place to go. And for you, Tammy, it's dead in the middle of your forehead. You and your sister Amy have become social media starlets. You've built a great following, and you encourage your fans to buy you collectible candies and chapstick from your Amazon wish list. You are collectively known as the Thousand Pound Sisters, and fans can't get enough of you. Thankfully, there is enough of you. Your sister Amy is only 350 pounds of the thousands, so obviously we know where the talent is. That said, you love her, and you enter her San Dimas, California home to discuss social media strategy. Mm -hmm. Immediately, the conversation veers back to the same argument. Try being my size, Amy. You don't know how it is. There's things you can do. You're just the goddamn baby. I ain't no goddamn baby. I pay my bills. My bills are paid. Arg. 
You hate when she brings up the bills. She just don't know how it is. Tammy, it's time to take this show on the road solo. You tell Amy you're going to be the biggest social media star ever, figuratively speaking, and just speaking. You shift your weight forward, throw your momentum and outstretched arms to your walker, and use it to pull yourself up. You slam the screen door and fold yourself into an Uber XL, thinking of how to go viral. You think of how you and your sister first gained fame. Chubby Bunny! You fit an incredible amount of candy into your face and ace that social media challenge. All you need is to find another challenge. Stardom, here comes Tammy Slayton. Reserve a seat, unless it's like airline seating, then reserve a row. You come across a Korean challenge gaining massive popularity. It's called the Elevator Challenge. You research aggressively and find the game's rules and notes. There's a warning about some girl named Elisa Lamb, but you're too fired up to waste time on that. So, you're going to ride around, I guess, along a specific sequence of floors, and you can open a portal to another world? Oh my god, that sounds awesome. You can even see a ghost lady who you're not supposed to look at or talk to. LOL, ridiculous. This is exactly the challenge you've been looking for, and you know the perfect place to play. You pull up to the Stay On Main Hotel and admire the outer architecture. What a beautiful place. You call Amy and tell her you're going to ride the elevator game to the penthouse of fame at the Stay On Main, which is a wrap. But Amy isn't angry anymore. She isn't excited either. Your plan has horrified her. She begins ranting about the Cecil Hotel, which is not even where you are. You tell her you're done listening and prepare to hang up, but not before Amy shouts, Don't look at her! into the phone. You hang up as your call waiting clicks. It's Dr. Nazardin, your bariatric surgeon and fellow star of TLC's My 600-Pound Life. Hello, y'all. Dr. Now, I can't talk. I have to do the elevator challenge. You and your sister are the weight of a grown hippopotamus. You must come to Austin immediately with me. I will. I just need this big career boost. I'm playing at the Stay On Main. You, you mean the Cecil? No, the Stay On Main. I'm playing the elevator game. Tammy, no. It's the Cecil. It's always been the Cecil. Don't look at her. Bye, y'all. What strange reactions you're getting from Dr. Now and Amy. Jealous, you suppose. You bring your directions with you to the elevator and enter. The sign says capacity, a thousand pounds. Thankfully, your sister isn't there. You key in the sequence of floors. You ride from two to seven, to nine, to three, then to floor five. Then the lights go out. Something isn't right. This doesn't feel like a game anymore. The doors open and there's light at the end of the hallway. A black amorphous entity starts walking briskly towards you in the elevator as you desperately press door close. He speeds up and you begin to gasp. He is now running towards you on four legs, snapping razor-toothed jaws. The door closes just as the beast crashes into the doors. As you catch your breath, you take a step back and bump into something warm. No one has come in or out, so this isn't possible. Don't look at her, echoes in your head. You begin to panic and push more buttons. You hear the breathing behind you. There is definitely someone there. The entity whispers, Turn around, bitch. Careful not to turn around and look at the woman whose legend you disregarded, you hit the 14th floor. The doors open and stiffly you peek out. At the end of a hall, there's a man dressed in 1930s garb next to a window. He winks at you and then leaps out headfirst, screaming all the way down. Look at me, you cunt. Your sister wants you to look. The door closes when you pressed against the wall at all costs, avoiding the entity behind you, peppering you with profanity. You smash the button for the first floor and close your eyes as the woman yells at you to look. The voice stops. There's calm in the elevator. You've reached the lobby. Thank God, you think, and before the door is open, you hear, Lucky bitch. That sets you off now that you're back in the real world, and you turn to confront the voice, disregarding the sage advice of your sister and doctor now. You see a petite blonde woman in a beaded dress. She sees that you've finally given in and looked. She smiles, and then her face cracks. Chunks of her cascade from her body as she dissolves slowly in the center of the elevator. Tammy, you are scared to death, but hopeful as the doors to the lobby open. Except the lobby isn't there. You're back on the elevator, emerging again onto the tenth floor. A doorman beckons with a smile. You go back down. Again, you emerge on the tenth floor. The doorman smiles again and walks towards you. Again and again, over and over, you are unable to leave the hotel. You check your watch. 5.30. You've been trapped in the hotel for three hours. At the exact same time, your sister Amy checks her watch too. 
also 5.30. She thinks solemnly about what has transpired. Her sister Tammy had been missing for three weeks, last seen at the stay-on main hotel. Amy picks up printouts of Tammy to hang around the neighborhood and, sobbing softly, exits the bungalow. Meanwhile, Tammy, you have been riding the elevator for days, maybe months, maybe even years, always the tenth floor, every time. Finally, tired and hungry-ish because of the lap band, you return to the tenth floor for what seems the millionth time. Again, the ghostly bellman smiles at you. This time, you let him show you to your room. He closes the door behind you with a flash of red light and the portal closes. You, Tammy Slayton, are now a permanent resident of the Cecil Hotel, the most haunted hotel in the country. Stay on Maine was just a rebrand. Wow. Wow, that ghost was a real potty mouth. It, it was. It, it was. Somebody thinks they're grown up. What'd you think? I thought that was very spooky. Did you? I did. This sounds like a very frightening hotel. Oh my god, it's so much scarier than the story. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, then give me the deets. Well, let's start with the history. The Cecil Hotel was built in 1924 by three hoteliers, William mm-hmm. Banks Hanner, Charles Dix, and Robert Shops. It cost $1.5 million to complete, boasted an opulent marble lobby with stained glass windows, potted palms, mm. and an alabaster statuary. Its address was, and still is, 640 South Main Street, Los Angeles, California, 90014, in case you want to write. Oh, West Coast, baby, I got that one. <laughs> and could very well be Art Deco. Yeah, it, it is Art Deco. Hey, Art Deco! You got both of those. That was very good. I feel like Art Deco is definitely the best uh, architectural style for a haunted hotel. <laughs> for a haunted hotel? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in, like, a minimalist haunted hotel. <laughs> like, really modern. Yeah, like a brutalist. You know. <laughs> brutalist. The three hoteliers invested about 2.5 mil, knowing that several similar hotels had been successfully established downtown. However, mm. within five years of opening, the United States sank into the Great Depression. Mm. Great. The decades beyond saw the hotel decline as the nearby area known as Skid Row became increasingly populated with homeless transients. As many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius. By the 50s, the hotel had gained a reputation as a residence for these homeless transients, which is, you guessed it, bad for business. Yeah, yeah, transients are not exactly who I want to be my fellow clientele at a luxury hotel. When you start with an alabaster statuary and you end with homeless transients, something's gone wrong. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to hate too much on homeless transients. They're just looking for a place to stay. They deserve to be in a luxury hotel as much as anybody else. But still, I might choose a different hotel for myself. (laughs) Just because they're in an economically vulnerable situation that makes people make bad decisions. So you're afraid of homeless people? No, but, you know. As the surrounding area declined, suicides and other violent deaths on the premises became more frequent. The first Mm. documented suicide at the Cecil was reported in 1931 when a guest named W.K. Norton died in his room after taking poison capsules. Because that's what you bring to the Cecil. Yeah, they probably sell them down in the gift shop. (laughs) (laughs) He just called down to room service. He was like, think... Things aren't going so well, and he just calls the front desk. It's like, can I get the lobster thermidor, <laughs> two poison pills, a bathrobe, and a set of fresh towels? <laughs> Throughout the 40s and 50s, more suicides occurred. By the 60s, <sighs> longtime residents had begun to call the Cecil, ready for this? The suicide. Okay, almost a pun. Not really. S- not really, not very good. Uh, and also, really insensitive to the issue of suicide. <laughs> oh my god, they didn't even go for a joke. There's so much suicide there, they were just like, no, I live at the suicide. Yeah, we just call it the suicide because of all the suicides. Ugh, what a depressing place to live. Yeah, it is depressing so far, and it hasn't even really started yet, Jibs. This is a bad place. Uh, oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's bad for my emotional health. The Cecil's <laughs> history includes other kinds of violence and disturbing happenings. It uh, became a notorious rendezvous spot for adulterous couples, which is not that bad. Dr- no. You know, compared to the murders. 
drug yes. activity and a common ground for sex workers. It is also extremely haunted. Okay. I mean, yeah, once again, the drug activity, that's... Eh, okay. Sex workers, I support sex workers. Uh, Financially? Thank you. No, uh, I support them uh, emotionally. I support uh, the legalization of sex work. Yeah, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the suicides and the hauntings, I'm going to, those are definitely going to knock off a couple of Yelp stars. We have a Yelp review later. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we will move on to famous murders and murderers. Okay. In 1947, Elizabeth Short was spotted drinking at the Cecil's Bar in the days before her notorious and unsolved murder. Elizabeth mm. Short, dubbed by the media as... Is that the Black Dahlia? Yes, sir. Hey! One of Los Angeles' best-known murder victims and the most well-known death connected to the Cecil. She was found in the middle of an empty grassy lot cut in half and completely drained of blood. The corners mm. of her mouth were carved to her ears, and the case remains unsolved. That's horrible. And the, and she was seen at the Cecil, like, a couple days before that? Yep. Wow. And that hotel was notorious for bad situations. And it also had, you know, thousands of homeless transients at that point, I think. Yeah, and I mean... One of them might, might have taken a liking to uh, Miss Short. Yes, or, well, yeah, one of them might have taken a liking to her blood. Uh, <laughs> or her skin. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay, so that's famous murder number one. and we've got, So, so far, we've covered one murder, one suicide. Now, I'd like to move on to murderers, because more infamously, in the 80s, the hotel was the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez. Oh, the, the Night Stalker? Yes, sir. You are on oh. fire today. You really are. Ah, oh, thank you, boy. The Night Stalker, Night Stalker, and Black Black Dahlia. Those that's two big true crime uh, things. To cross paths like that—that's crazy. Yeah, we are definitely going to be hitting the search engine optimization on this one. I'm going to be <laughs> dropping those in some hashtags. Ramirez engaged in part of his killing spree while staying at the Cecil. Mm. Get this: another serial killer, Austrian Jack Unterweger stayed mm -hmm. at the Cecil in 1991 to copy Ramirez's crimes. Wow. What a freak. Oh, you want to hear? It gets we're going to go in a little bit of depth here. Uh Ramirez the Night Stalker was the terror of coastal California. He murdered no fewer mm -hmm. than 38 people ages 9 to 83. Wow. That is a range. That is a very wide range, and I'm, I normally think of serial killers as having very specific types, so that's very interesting. No, he just loved murder. Boy, what an awful man. His base of operations was the Cecil during this time. He even disposed of evidence, including bloody clothes in the hotel's dumpster. Now, while the white night stalker... The white stalker... <laughs> <laughs> Different criminal. Yeah, yeah. There were six jokes that I just didn't say. The Night Stalker's crimes were particularly heinous, but the story of Jack Unterweger has another particularly creepy wrinkle. Do you know him, Unterweger? No, that one I'm not familiar with. He's Austrian, and he committed his first murder in Austria in 1974, where he was convicted and sentenced for the crime. About ten years later, he released a memoir entitled Purgatory or the Trip to Jail, Report of a Guilty Man, which became a bestseller and helped convince officials he had reformed. Shibble, mm. shibble. He had not. Apparently not. His story was soon told as an example of the prison system's success and he began working as a real journalist on the true crime beat. His specialty, because he loved murder. Right. His specialty was the heinous murders of sex workers. Mm, yeah, I could see why he... It's probably just a coincidence that he's interested in looking at uh, uh, sexy lady corpses. <laughs> Would you ever find a corpse attractive if it was real pretty or no? Um, You know, I haven't spent enough time around corpses. I'm going to go and I'm going to say no. That's my instinct. I think I would not be able to see past the corpse. Yeah, I agree situation. with you. I, I think the fact that it's dead. Okay, I don't think I need to explain. In 1991... <laughs> no, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, do you, why do you not want to fuck a corpse? <laughs> it seems a lot like a person, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm just a bad guy, I guess. In 1991, <laughs> Unterweger checked into the Cecil to cover street crime in Los Angeles, supposedly. While he was in uh -huh. the city... 
Three sex workers were attacked and killed in a way that mirrored Unterweger's first crime, and police were thus able to tie the journalists to the murders. Police began to more closely examine the case and realized that Unterweger had also committed many of the very same murders he covered on air. Wow. Talk about creating work for yourself. <laughs> He's like Peter Parker when he gets those good pictures of Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson's like, where'd you get these, kid? How could you, how could you get these? There should be, like, a villainous photojournalist that like competes with Peter Parker and he's like I've got great pictures of murder man <laughs> many suspect that uh, Unterweger chose the Cecil specifically because of its connection to Ramirez and he killed himself in prison after his second conviction using the same distinctive knot used on all his victims hmm. I think he should have written a second book instead but that's just me it's true suicide uh, if uh, you're having trouble with suicidal ideation, please get some help. Yeah, please. Um, would you like some elevator facts or no? I mean, uh, elevator facts. Uh, fun facts about hotels? Hotel facts. I sure would. The oldest hotel in the world has been operated by the same Japanese family for over 1,300 years. Wow. 52 different generations of descendants have cared for and operated the inn. Well, I would love to stay there. I bet they really got it down. I bet they're I bet excellent. that's a great hotel. Half-used hotel soap, or just once-used hotel soap, is sterilized, melted down, reformed, and sent to poor countries with scarce hygiene resources. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. It's gross, though. I mean, it is soap. Like, how else would you clean it? I know, but you know where it's been. Yeah, it's it's been in uh, probably some nasty situations. Hotels but... use RFID chips to track their towels and linens. One hotel in Hawaii saved over $20,000 in stolen towels using the RFID chip trackers. Huh. That's that's pretty sharp. I think you should if you stay in a hotel you should be able to take a towel. Uh I think it depends on the hotel. If it's a nice hotel, you should be able to take a, t- a towel. It's true. And if they, you know, if they want to throw an extra 20 bucks on the bill, that's fair. Yeah, really. It shouldn't be like we're tracking them down with RFID chips. <laughs> what do they show you up at your house? You can buy more towels. Yeah, and I don't even know how that would work, because RFID doesn't have that long a range. <laughs> they follow you. No, wait. No, I guess they can, No. Well, God, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, listen. Uh, do you have more yes. stuff about the Cecil? Yes. Okay. We now hit me, have, hit me with more Cecil. We're going to go through some, some specific deaths. I left out 30 for brevity's sake. Oh, my God. 30 deaths? You have no idea. Oh, my God. These are, just, a... these are just some highlights. Uh, okay. We have, of course, W.K. Norton, who was the first uh, suicide. He checked under into the Cecil under the name James Willies from Chicago. Mm-hmm. In 1934, former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis D. Borden was found dead in his room. He had slashed his own throat with a razor. Okay, so that sounds like a suicide that... When when was WK? WK was 31, and uh, the throat slashing was 34. Okay, sorry, go on. In 1937, Grace Magro fell from a a ninth-story window. Her fall was broken by telephone wires, which were wrapped around her body in a grotesque display. Oh my god, like a creepy marionette. Exactly, but a dead one that was still moving around. Oh, wait, did you ever... What was... Uh, never mind, go on. <laughs> I, got, I, I really want to know, but I'll move on. No, there was a movie, uh, I can't remember the title, uh, it had Christian Slater, Val Kilmer, LL Cool J... The Wiz? About the video game kid? No, no, that's The Wizard. Oh, The Wizard. That's right. Uh, no, this is... And they're all FBI profilers that go to an island to train FBI profiling, but it turns out one of them is a serial killer. Oh, Mindhunters? Yes, Mindhunters! There you go. Ah! Anyway, there was a scene where uh, Val Kilmer's corpse was strung up like a marionette. Well, that's very much what uh, Magro looked like. Ah, oh, God. that's It was very creepy. It must have been hard for her wild. family. Yes. In 1940, teacher Dorothy Seeger ingested poison while staying at the Cecil and was reported by the Times to be near death. No further reports were published about her condition. 
However, I went to findadeath.com and she died January 12th. So she died right after that. All right, probably not a coincidence. No, 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 not after she ingested the poison. No coincidence. Uh, this is a good one. In 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, 19, was sharing a room at the Cecil with her boyfriend, shoe salesman Ben Levine, 38. Purcell, Ugh, who would have... 19 and 38. Yeah. Jesus, that's fucking terrible. Do you think so? Yes. Yes, yes. I do. Too. Yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. yes. Yes, I. That yeah. is. Yes. That's too much. That's too much. Dorothy, anyway. who had been unaware that she was pregnant, went into labor. She later testified that she did not want to disrupt the sleeping Levine, so she went into the bathroom where she gave birth to a baby boy. Thinking the baby was dead, she threw him out of the window and he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. She was charged with murder. Three psychiatrists, then known as alienists, testified mm. that she was mentally confused at the time of the incident. She was found mm. not guilty by reason of insanity. I mean, I could be convinced throwing a baby onto an adjacent roof <laughs> does seem a little bit uh, uh, mentally unwell to me. <laughs> well, I mean, she thought it was dead. And obviously, Did you ever see that show, I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant? Yes, 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 I have. Amazing. Every girl I ever watched that show with was like, this is the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life. Because imagine one day you're just in labor. Yeah, you just you go to you go to poop and then you look down. There's a baby in the toilet. That's every episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's every episode. Every episode Dude. that you're going to poop and then they look down and there's a baby in the toilet. Never gets old. And there's the baby. Is it cute floating around? I mean, in the recreations, they don't really show that. Oh, okay. I was just picturing it swimming around in, like, some viscous fluids and, like, giggling. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. In 1962, Pauline Otten, 27, jumped from the window of her ninth room floor at ninth floor room after an argument with her estranged husband, Dewey. He had left the room prior to Otten's suicide. Otten landed on a pedestrian, George Giannini, mm. 65, killing them both instantly. Ah, oh, that's horrible. As there were no witnesses, police initially thought Otten and Giannini committed suicide together. However, mm. it was soon determined that Giannini was still wearing shoes that would have fallen off uh, during the fall or upon impact. Oh, interesting. Also, the husband was named Dewey? Yeah, just Dewey. You don't meet a lot of Deweys anymore. Dewey Otten, 1962. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I've ever met a guy named Dewey in my life. <laughs> Can you name a famous Dewey? Uh, well, there's obviously uh Dewey from uh Ducktales, the oh, middle brother. Oh yes, good one. And I bet if you gave me the afternoon, I could come up with a second, <laughs> but I would have a hard time with number three. Now, in 2015, the body of a 28 year old man was found outside the hotel. A spokesperson for the coroner said the cause of death had not been determined. I mean, I don't know. If the body's flat, he jumped, right? Yeah. You know. But maybe maybe he was just walking along and he had a heart attack. Or search for a bullet hole. They seem clueless about that one. Yeah. It seems like a dilly of a case. But it does bring us to the Cecil Hotel today. Okay. Because I was curious, is it still open? Well, in 2011, the Cecil Hotel was rebranded the Stay On Main. Com mm. com sounds great. Complete with a new website. Yeah, by the way, the old website, the CecilHotel.com, expired, and you can get it for about $2,000. Mm, that wouldn't be a bad investment. It seems like a good for deal. For somebody. Yeah. StayOnMain.com is also available. Hmm. <laughs> So this is a okay. So what's the new hotel's website? I don't know, but in in 2014, the hotel was sold to New York City hotelier Richard Bourne for 30 million. Beyond mm. renovating rooms, the developer also plans a gym, lounge, and rooftop pool. No word yet on how he'll handle the evil emanating from within. Got it. So it's still under renovation. Yeah, yeah. They, I think it was supposed to be open by now, but it's just been delayed by uh, COVID. Yeah, that'll do it. But it turns out maybe this time COVID's saving lives. It is, by keeping people away from this goddamn hotel. This is the worst place on earth. It sounds absolutely horrible. And I want to make sure that we are not slandering the business of the new hotel that's opening there. Any loss of business, we are not legally viable. If you want to stay there, go ahead. This is satire. 
Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, we didn't throw the baby out the window. Like, <laughs> no, I just don't want to get sued by this millionaire. <laughs> yeah, but it would suck to get sued by a millionaire especially. Yes, oh my God. I would definitely just instantly give up. <laughs> can't, can't do that. Yeah, whatever you want, millionaire, you win. So now we're at the new place. But, Shibble, mm-hmm. something new has happened. Something big. What? Yeah. Okay. By 2013, the Cecil was to stay on Maine, as I told you. But they weren't able to leave behind the horror. 21-year-old Canadian tourist Elisa Lamb was not murdered, but her death is one of the most haunting in the building's history. On February 19, 2013, the naked body of Elisa Lamb was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel roof. She had gone missing three weeks earlier. Her decomposing body was discovered by maintenance after guests complained about low water pressure and water that quote-unquote tasted funny. Yeah, bet it did. (laughs) Authorities later ruled Lamb's death an accidental drowning. However, the security camera in the elevator captured four minutes of extremely disturbing footage. She ducks in the elevator, crouches low as if hiding, presses herself against the wall peeks out into the hallway as if looking for a pursuer. She pushes all these buttons and the elevator doesn't move and the door remains open. At one point, she even steps out into the hallway and like gesticulates as if speaking with someone, but nobody is there. Mm. So after the video is released, there are all these theories about Elisa Lamb's death. She was reported to be bipolar, which could have contributed to her death as well as the behavior in the elevator, but I don't believe it. Uh, the accidental drowning, because uh, there are some very strange elements that cast the event in a less understandable light. For one thing, mm-hmm. to get to the roof, she would have needed a staff key, which wasn't mm-hmm. found with her body. Mm-hmm. Her cell phone was also mysteriously missing, but the most disturbing aspect is the video. Thus, rumors persist that she died as a result of playing the elevator game, a paranormal mm-hmm. urban legend that claims to take the player to another dimension. Hmm. Well, it seems like it did not take her to another dimension. <laughs> we found her corpse right here on Earth One. <laughs> maybe she's not from Earth One. Oh, it's true. Yeah, maybe she's from the Cecil in Earth Seventeen, <laughs> the Earth where uh, red light means go and green light means stop, <laughs> and where there's two flashes. Yes, one of them incredibly slow. <laughs> Do you want to know how to play the elevator game, or you don't care? No, definitely. I'm going to go do that. Are you? No. Not, no. I mean, not at the Cecil. I'll just go on any... Uh, the thing is, there aren't a lot of elevators in Wichita. It's a very <laughs> flat town. You can play the escalator game, I guess, if you're really hurting. It's true. If I can find an escalator. I know where there's one. <laughs> Good. The game originated in Korea, much like BTS and EXO. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you follow the rules carefully, a couple things could happen. You'll meet a woman who will enter the elevator, and you need to ignore her at all costs. And if you get get off on the 10th floor, you might enter another world. And is this woman canonically a potty mouth? No. Is she always always cussing like a sailor? I read a few accounts, and I saw the word see see you next Tuesday that she used mm-hmm. and that got me thinking you know because it says that she yeah used... if you're gonna go to that one that's that's the big one yeah I, th- I think I stayed away from that didn't I no you dropped that one in there. oh okay well it was, I, I had it in there more so it's better than it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's impactful uh... <laughs> I don't want to take away from it you know I want to save it for no I mean if that's what the ghost says that's what the ghost says <laughs> do you want to know how to play yeah, okay. So I'm assuming I get in the elevator. Okay, enter the elevator alone, correct? Uh, okay, alone. Do not get out on any of the floors. If No problem. If any outsiders get on the elevator, you need to start over. Okay, get out of here, you idiots. I'm playing the elevator. What game. a nuisance for people who yeah, need to I, use the elevator. Yeah, you'd want to do this probably either in the middle of the day or very late at night. Uh, number two, you follow steps two through seven, which I broke down into just floor sequence four, two, six, two, ten, five. You go to. Okay, four, two, six, two, ten, five. When you reach the fifth floor, people start encountering a young woman. You're instructed not to look at or interact with her. She may or may not try talking to you, asking for help, or antagonizing you. See, she does antagonize. Okay. Then you press the button for the first floor. Two things could happen. Either you go to the first floor and you leave immediately and do not look back. Or if it goes up, you've been allowed into other world. 
Mm. You go up to the 10th floor, things look different. Some players claim to look out windows and see only a red cross in the distance. Mm. And if you choose to exit the elevator, ignore the woman's attempts to question or stop you. No problem. So then returning from Otherworld, you do the reverse floor sequence, or the same, I can't tell, four two six two ten five, And then you mm-hmm. got to make sure when you reach the first floor that it's really, you know, nothing's off. Like if I came off and you were there, except you had one mm-hmm. sideburn, I should get right back on. Yeah, because that is a look I could not pull off. <laughs> well, that, and I, I would probably still be in Otherworld. Yeah. Uh, so... And can you do this only at the Cecil, or can you do this at any This hotel? works anywhere. I just thought uh, for the story it worked especially well at a haunted hotel, but I'm sure, oh, yeah. you'll, I'm sure you'll be able to enter another dimension anywhere you try it. Yeah, as long as there's an elevator involved. <laughs> right, exactly. That's all you need for the other dimension travel. You want some more um, hotel facts? Uh, yeah. Hotel facts. There is a hotel in Bolivia made completely out of salt. And licking the walls is strictly forbidden. Mm. That's a good idea. <laughs> they should forbid that. I wish I had a Bolivian accent. They should for- forbid that at any hotel. <laughs> Especially during COVID. What a risk. Yeah. Uncle Monster is officially coming out against licking hotel walls. I mean, I could understand if it was like... Remember the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they had the... the what was it? Uh, wallpaper you could lick? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you were in some sort of fantastical flavored wallpaper situation, we'd make an exception. And I'm sure they would have health protocols for that. They probably got to wipe that down. Why were they so excited anyway? I mean, it was salt. Like, the best thing it could taste like was salt. I mean, I think probably the novelty. Just be like, hey, check it out. Is this really salt? Is this really salt? Is this really salt? I'm going to check. I'm going to check if this is salt, bro. In 2000. I'm going to check. Ah. Uh, 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 I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have to do it. If it's not salt, you have to tell me. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna do it. In 2014, chlorine gas was released in a hotel hosting a furry convention. In <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you like that? That was a fond memory. No, I just remember that happening. It injured 19 people. I hope they're okay. You said you don't care? Furry. No, I said I hope they're okay. Oh, I thought you said I don't care, okay? I thought you finally <laughs> cracked. No, no, I mean, furries are, are, they're, they're all part of, they're okay. What do you know, they're do you fun. know any furries? Uh, not, uh, not personally, or at least if I do, they haven't spoken to me about it. It could be something they just do in their private time. But I, I'm i going to say I'm at most one degree of separation from furries. Like, I'm sure I could go talk to a furry. I'd really appreciate easy. if you could find us a furry to come on. Well, I'll see what I can do. See if we can find an appropriate context. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, people do shit. Whatever. I mean, the ones that do it sexually, that seems a bit much. But hey, people do shit sexually. Oh, I'm not condemning them. I just want to hear about it. It's interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, it. For a long time, furries I think were the only like tier of nerd that ranked below every other tier of nerd. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think they've gained a lot of respectability. I think in part because of the furry community's political activism <laughs> for the last several years. Are you being serious? They're politically active. Yeah. Yeah. Do they support other furries or just regular politicians? Uh, they, I, I just see them like doing a lot of supportive work with like, uh, the LGBT community, uh, and like taking down shitty politicians. Well, that's nice. That's good to hear. Collective action. They're like K-pop people. They're activists. Yeah, exactly. And there are small groups of right wing Nazi furries. And obviously. No, there aren't. Are you kidding? I can guarantee you if you Google Nazi furry right now, you'll find a lot of content. And I'll go ahead and I'll call those people pieces of shit. And I'll bust on them. You look like an idiot. Oh my god, the Furred Reich. Oh. The truth about Nazi furries in the alt-right. The Furred Right. <laughs> Does the, here's another one. Does the furry community have a Nazi problem? 
It does. <laughs> Who knew that they would have a Nazi problem in the furry community? Nazis love to dress up as animals and like sniff each other and go to hotel conventions. Yeah, and Nazis just love grinding on each other in full fursuits where one of them is dressed like a dragon and the other one is dressed like a doe. I heard a fox. Like, a doe would be a good one, but a fox is very sexy in their community. Yep, fox, wolf, I feel like are your classics. I always have a lot of respect for the ones that move out of that and be like, I'm a furry for a duck. (laughs) That's cool, dude. (laughs) Fuck them up. Last uh, hotel fact for now. Police in Clearwater, Florida, received 161 calls to 911 from the rooms of the Fort Harrison Hotel within a span of 11 months. Each time, Scientology security denied them entry, insisting there was no emergency. Ah, oh, fuck that. That is fucked up. That's a cult protecting itself. That's crazy. 161 911 calls? Yeah, oh, we gotta get somebody inside there. How about Leah Remini? Get a man on the inside. I think, no, we need a new man. And that new man is me. <laughs> They'd never see me coming. I, Get me a job at this Scientologist hotel. I'd rather you join Nexium, the sex cult. Uh, well, the sex sounds good. Well, they'll brand you, though. No, that doesn't sound quite as good. And if you do something wrong, you have to do penance, like sleeping on the floor. Well, sleeping on the floor isn't too And you also have to I have guess... sex with the cult leader who um, runs a... It's not a good thing, Sybil. Do I have to go into it? Okay. It's not. You don't want to be part of that cult. Fair enough. But speaking of sex cults, this hotel sounds crazy, but does it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? You know, this is the part I had the most trouble with. Um, I, I think that this hotel is populated by a lot of angry ghosts, many that can take a corporeal form when inside the Mm -hmm. hotel. And I think they're able to do the nasty, but I don't think of them as rapists necessarily. That sounds too dark even for this hotel. I I, I feel like they're people who used to stay at the hotel, have drinks at the bar. Maybe the Black Dahlia is even there. You could dance with her, go upstairs, you know, like hang out. But I don't think of it as like a goat man attack. I I think of it more as the ghosts are, you know, you can touch them and feel them. Yeah, and I think think they might have seductive wiles to lure you in. You know, especially with the history of sex work in the hotel. Well, many of them are probably Uh, dead prostitutes. There probably is... I'm going to say at least one dead prostitute. One? What are you talking about? I said at least one. Oh, okay. At least okay. one. Well, I, that's correct, but I think it's an understatement. There are a lot of dead whores in that hotel. I'm telling you right now. I can sense it. Well, you know, and RIP to those sex workers. Hopefully being a ghost is uh, not as bad as I imagine. <laughs> I imagine being a ghost sucks. Why? Because uh, it, it feels like they've got ghosts... At least these sort of, like, malicious ghosts feel like uh, they've got a real axe to grind. They're they're tortured. That's why they're here. Yeah, being tortured sounds terrible. I I don't feel great right now, and I'm alive. I'm telling you. Like, I'm not not skipping down the street and clicking my heels. I mean, that's fair, but you're also not, like, haunting people. (laughs) Like... (laughs) You're not, like, actively trying to make people's lives worse, I hope. No, no, no. I mean, my neighbors may disagree, but I don't do it on purpose. Fair enough. So we're both in agreement that it, uh, the ghosts fuck. And they have feminine wiles, and there is a definite erotic side to the interaction with the ghosts. But the hotel itself, I don't think, in the normal sense, can do the nasty. Yeah, but and I also want to throw out there are probably also uh, ghosts with masculine wiles uh, that are also seducing. I bet there are all types of. Wiles. That's true. There are all kinds of wiles. There are there are trans wiles. Yeah, it's it's there are non-binary wiles, and they're all getting freaky as ghosts in this hotel. Now, Shibble, I want to talk to you about how strong this hotel is. All right. Well, then it sounds like it's. Fight night! Fight! Okay, so, fight night. We have the Cecil Hotel versus Mm -hmm. how many 
prime shacks to take it down. Okay. So this is going to be something where I think Shaq's physicality is going to be less useful. Right. But it also sounds like a lot of these ghosts are killing people in physical ways. So I think his physicality would be useful in terms of his defense mm-hmm. against the attacks from ghosts. And as a pro athlete in his prime, he has already got to have an exceptional level of focus uh, and and will. So I'm going to say one shack. Will one Jack could destroy the evil that has been permeating yeah. the hotel since 1924. Yeah, he's going to be like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, and I'm going to save this hotel. And all you ghosts are going to be free. I can't remember which floor to go to first. Two, four, two. Did you call me a cunt lady? So yeah, I'm gonna say one Shaq's got it. But they're using the non-binary wiles on me. <laughs> How could Shaq resist? That might be his weakness. He <laughs> might fall for some wiles in his prime. I bet. I bet Shaq did all right. Um, he was with his wife for a long time. He's such a good guy. He was with his wife that whole time. I don't. I really don't think that uh, Shaq would have. Unless been the ghost could take the form of his wife. Yeah. You're good point. Right. And they're ghosts. They probably can. Well, we didn't hear any stories about shape changing. Well, that's true. I, I guess there's no evidence of it. But ghosts, I mean, can't ghosts appear however they want? Or no, I guess. No, because sometimes you see ghosts and they look all fucked up. And I'm sure if I was a ghost, I wouldn't want to look like that. <laughs> what would be your ghost appearance? God, I would um, uh, just uh, probably something pretty comfortable and casual. Like a tracksuit? Uh, uh, not that casual. Okay. Probably, probably some dungarees and uh, some tennis shoes, uh, athletic socks. I don't like fancy socks, and maybe a a, a shirt with like a, a t shirt with like a strong graphic on it. <laughs> Something really visual. You would be terrifying. I'm telling you right now. Okay. Well, fight night. Uh, oh, okay, sorry. but also my face. Uh, if you want me terrifying, uh, my face is fucked up it looks like i got run over by a car what i don't know if that's how i died oh i i I was about to say you're actually a very handsome guy i don't understand what you're talking about if you were run over by a car i can understand why you'd want to use that look it's like beetlejuice yeah yeah if i mean if i got it and i'm trying to scare people i want to lean into it but i hope i don't want to try and scare people if i was a ghost i'd want to be trying to make friends i think (laughs) that's so sweet fight night number two we have the cecil hotel versus stull cemetery Ooh, okay. Now, one of these is a gateway to hell. Right. And one of these is haunted, but like all hotels with elevators, can be a gateway to another dimension. But I feel like this other dimension, statistically, it's not going to be as bad as hell. That's a great point. You know what I mean? Great point. Like... I feel like as bad as the other dimension gets, it can only get as bad as hell. Worst case so, scenario at uh, the hotel, you're trapped in the other world. Worst case at Stull is you end up burning in hell. Yeah. Yeah. In other world, maybe it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to put this one on Stull Cemetery. Okay. Number three, we have the Cecil Hotel versus Marjorie Taylor Greene with all the guns she wants to bring. Oof. Uh, well, guns ain't gonna do her no good after she's hopefully by the time this is released. Why are you saying that? Are you saying you want to take her guns away? Uh, I'm saying I specifically want to take her guns away. Oh, her guns in particular. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's worried about all guns, but you just want hers. Yeah, just because I think that would be the funniest. Like, just a lot, just about you, Marge. (laughs) You have no, we should take away your second amendment. Just hers. That would make her so nuts. Yeah, she would find that very frustrating. And the only ones that can stop it is you, QAnon. <laughs> we have the Cecil Hotel versus all eight Ghostbusters, male and female, plus Janusz mm. from Ghostbusters 2. All right. Well, Janusz, as we know, he's going to be the weak link. Lord Vigo, the one. you keep the he's... woman? I would like the baby. 
I think you got those switched. I think the painting wanted the baby. You keep the baby. I would like to have the woman. There, you, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was terrible, but the second one kind of sounded like. It. Uh, so yeah, he uh, well, but Janusz kind of ineffectual. Yeah, the Ghostbusters got this, especially with the dream team of all. That's eight. what they do, and, man. That's what they do. Yeah, this is that's who you want on this job, especially with uh, Winston. Zedmore there, I feel like he could do it on his own. He does not get enough respect as a Winston Zedmore. I don't think Egon gets enough respect. Um, you know, in the original like first draft of uh, Ghostbusters, they had written Winston Zedmore to be like a guy with five PhDs and a former Marine, and then like Ernie Hudson got cast, and somebody's like, "We need to cut this part down because it's a black guy." Really? And, yeah, and Ernie Hudson was pretty pissed off about That's it. That's an amazing. He would have been like. You know, when you think of like Harold Ramis and uh, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, they're all like comedy legends. And Ivan Reitman and, wasn't he Egon? Uh, no, uh, Harold Ramis was. I think Ivan Reitman was the director. He directed. I'm sorry, you're you're correct. Uh, and they're all sort of like, like this was a defining role for three comedy legends. And but Winston or or Ernie Hudson is just sort of not thought of as being. A comedian, despite his defining role in this widely loved comedy, that is unfair. Although I, I will say that he's done so much good drama work that it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of overshadows that. And that was a while ago, and people don't know him. It's for true. That. He's he still had a fantastic career, and like any time I see Ernie Hudson, it's like oh, awesome. Great on Oz he's always too. Doing he was the warden on Oz. Yeah, great on Oz. Great in uh, the Congo. Oh. So charming. Yep. Uh, so big shout out to Ernie Hudson. The Cecil Hotel versus the Thousand Pound Sisters with a relic of Christ's blood. Okay, well, the Thousand Pound Sisters sound like they have a couple mobility issues. <laughs> One in particular. Yeah, but flip side of that coin, you know, I'm not quite sure how much mobility is necessary for uh, exercising a hotel when you have. Uh, a relic of Christ. Uh, what are we saying? Like a finger bone or a piece of the true cross? No, or... I was thinking like from the movie The Nun, like an orb with a drop of his blood in it. Okay, so uh, yeah, some of Christ's blood is going to be pretty useful in this situation, but I'm going to say they're not going to have the knowledge base to capitalize on Correct. It. So I'm going to have to put this one on the hotel. Correct. The Thousand Pound Sisters would be slaughtered. They would have no idea what to do with Christ's blood. No, I mean, to be fair, I'm not 100% myself. I would throw it at the source of the evil. I would have to track that down. Yeah, that's a good instinct. I feel like if I, when I was getting Christ's blood, these would be the questions I would be asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, where they might be like, we got it. Yeah, yeah, Christ's blood, we got it. The Cecil Hotel versus Rainbow Dash and the other ponies. Okay. From My Little Pony... Friendship is magic. Right, correct. Okay. Uh, well, I got to tell you, friendship is magic, and those ponies are friends. So I'm putting it on the ponies. Because they're magical friends? Yeah, because they're magical friends. What could possibly defeat magical friends? That's all you need. Magic suicide when they start jumping out the windows and landing in the telephone wires and getting torn apart? You forget that some of these ponies could fly, and they would help their friends. And also, they would help their friends when they were suffering from suicidal ideation. <laughs> They're very kind, the ponies. Do you know Do you know a lot about the ponies? No, I watched, like, one episode, and I was like, I get it. It's a... No. I get it. <laughs> I get it. They're magical ponies. Okay. <laughs> I can see why somebody would like this, but uh, I'm okay. Last but not least, we have the Cecil Hotel versus The Last Emperor... Fedor Emelianenko. Okay. I know you're a big believer in Fedor. I feel like he can defeat any ghosts that are coming at him. But, as a professional fighter, hear me out. He's in the hotel. He's in the elevator. He's punched in the series of numbers. Lady Gaga is there behind him, and she's like, Fedor, you're a little bee. Fedor, I hear that you stink. And he's going to get really What's mad. What's he going to say? You do a, his voice. <laughs> uh, uh, you call me a bee? 
It is you. You are the bee. <laughs> and he's and he gets angry and he turns around because he knows that he has to engage in combat. He's going to turn around and have to face his opponent. And that's the last thing you should be doing with this blonde woman because that's when you get rocket shipped straight to uh, other dimension. That's in the so I got, I'm going to put it on the hotel. Interesting take. Uh, incorrect. Fedor would win, but I, I really did like the time you put into it. Fair enough. I got to tell you, this hotel is scaring my uh, pants off of my butt. <laughs> tell me. Whoa. They are right off my butt right now. Uh, can you tell me is is this a real, true haunted hotel for real? Shibby, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak plainly. I think this is a haunted hotel. Okay. The suicides are real. The murders are real. The murderers are real. The mysteries are real. Um, there's dead bodies everywhere and well documented. And there's not there aren't explanations that satisfy me properly so i think it's haunted and i think this place is 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 the real deal i mean i think that's a fair statement it sounds like from what you've described like if any place is going to be a haunted hotel it's probably going to be this place so if you you're going to say this place isn't haunted you're basically saying no place on earth is haunted. yeah if this is that haunted, seems like a big right, assumption right, exactly if this isn't haunted then stole cemetery is a joke and you know all that and, and everything falls apart and bigfoot stops existing yeah you're you know your friend that told you that they saw a ghost one time you're calling them a liar you know like every single instance of somebody saying a ghost is real you're all calling all those people liars if you're calling this place not haunted. i wasn't lying about the elevator yeah, you're calling Shaq a liar. <laughs> I also, and the only person that would do that would be uh, competitors to the general insurance. Uh, also, on the subject of being real, Snopes.com, I like to check, does not debunk the Elisa Lamb story at all. And coroner all right. spokesman Ed Winter said no other information on the cause of death or condition of the woman's body was going to be released. All right. Also, it's consistent, Shibble. How consistent is this place since the time it was built? It's never a dull decade. It's true. This uh, streak of murders and suicides has continued on nonstop for, uh, what, 80 years? Yes. Uh, no. Well, I guess it matters when it, when it came to stay on Maine. I think it started in, what, 1924? Yeah. We're going to have to rewind the episode to find out. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I was thinking of uh, the first uh, suicide documented was 31. 31 and the last uh, murder we got there was or suicide was 2015. So, yeah. yeah, about 80 years. You got it. I also, um, because I was contemplating, is this real, and thinking yes, I went to Yelp because that's the best place to find out what people really think of things, I think. Yeah, that's where they keep it real. That's where they stop being polite and they start getting It actually real. averaged 2.5 stars, but I'm assuming that's from homeless transients who are really excited about having a room. No, I would be. I bet being homeless is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm on their side. I want to help them. If we ever make a, uh, money with this podcast, maybe we should do that. Yeah. And I think also... I want to say that if you have empty rooms in your hotel and you have homeless people outside, just let them in. Well, yeah, it works so well for the Cecil back when they started doing yeah. it. That well, is the worst touche. hotel advice I've ever heard in my life. Start letting. That's well, exactly how this whole story started. I'm just saying that you either got a warm bed, you got a hobo. <laughs> uh, Heather T's Yelp review said. I stayed quiet for the rest of the trip and was so relieved when we were finally able to check out. Do yourself a favor and don't stay at this place. It's creepy and outright filthy. Spend the extra money staying at a place you actually feel safe at. Avoids at all costs? If I could give this place half a star, I would. Oof. Boy. Blistering. Yeah, that is a real negative review. I hope that when it gets rebuilt and rebranded, that they're able to walk away from uh, all this negative press and uh, build something that really helps the community. It's going to be evil. The hotel is evil, Shipple. It's never going to be a good hotel. I, wait, Maybe wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Exorcism. Let me take that back. If it's rebranded and legally uh, sep separate, we wouldn't attack that hotel. We're talking about the Cecil. Yeah. 
And also, uh, maybe during this uh, reconstruction era, they'll be bringing in uh, exorcists, oh. uh, witches. Witches. You know. Shaq. Yeah, to, yeah sh- one Shaq could take care of this problem. And we know Shaq will do almost anything for money. So <laughs> The general is not that big a deal. I bet, like, five figures would probably get Shaq over <laughs> Five there. figures. Get out of here. I'm ready to clean the hotel. <laughs> No, he's just going to be there for a day being like, okay, Shaq, we need you to exercise the ghost in this hotel. Here's (laughs) $50,000. If I was Shaq, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take care of it. In that voice? Yeah, I'll take care of it. See, I have a theory, Shivel. I think people died on these hotel grounds are now trapped there, and I think they serve Mm -hmm. a higher evil because the, the hotel, I think, was built on some sort of satanic altar or base like that by a demon-possessed architect or something about the inception of the hotel had to be a gateway or something esoteric like that. Now it has the residual Mm. evil plus the ghosts of the dead and it also seems to attract evil guests into the place Mm. as well. So it's constantly pulling from that well so I, I don't see things changing anytime soon. That's fair. Did you find any records, and I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't, of anything evil happening on that land before the hotel was built? No, I, I actually looked what was there. They didn't have any records of uh, that I... I'm lying. I didn't think to do that. That's okay. Uh, because I would imagine that to that would lend credence to your evil architect story. Uh, I think perhaps it was built at, you know... Uh, a convergence of ley lines. Oh, good one. And uh, the the uh, architecture itself, the entire building, is a temple or even an altar it just in and of itself. It, that's uh, awesome. Like a 13 ghost building? Uh, yeah, or like, uh, once again, uh, the building in Ghostbusters. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can always go uh, back to that. Yeah, it... it just a classic touchstone for all. You can have the baby. I would like the woman, Lord Vigo. There you go. That's what That's he wants. That's what he said. He wanted, he wanted the woman. He didn't want to. I just want to raise a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shibble, do you have any... Because I know that you are a, a, a conspiracy theorist by nature. And I know that you usually get on to something during these stories. Is there anything in this story that is relevant to our current situation in this country? Yes. There is? This hotel is filled with, count them, 17 ghosts. 17. The 17th letter of the alphabet. That's Q. <gasps> That's Q. QAnon is real, baby, and you are the last bastions. Team up with ghosts. Get to the other world to bring back Bizarro Trump, who's the real president. And he's JFK Jr., and he's alive, and he told me he loves you. Shibble, you're absolutely right, because you know what? what? The most haunted hotel in the U.S. is what? That's the Cecil. Cecil Fielder hit over 50 home runs in 1990. 1990. 50 plus 1990 is 2040. 2040. 2 plus 0 plus 4 plus 0 equals? That's a 6. 6 is the number of the beast. She does believe that. She's insane. Democrats say those votes should stay on, Maine. Stay on, Maine. Stay on, Maine is the new name of the Cecil Hotel. Therefore, we have seen the light. The revolution is upon us. Trump is not fat. Don Jr. has a chin, and the Cecil Hotel is real. And it looks like we're getting the red light from Uncle Uh, Monster. We are. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, you guys, and thank you for uh, liking and subscribing and reading your uh, leaving reviews and telling your friends. You know, it means the world to it us. It really does. We appreciate it. And remember, you can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Uncle Monster 6 
So please do that because uh, it's fun when it beeps and it says uh, someone liked you or they like your photo. It makes you feel good. Yeah, it gives us a little bit of serotonin, which we could all use in this day and age, baby. <laughs> what are we doing next time? Uh, next time, we're going to have a special guest, our first ever guest star. Shut uh, up, who? Manolo. It's going to be Manolo <gasps> from Dr. Game Show. He's famous. He is, and he's a great guy, and he is a native of Pennsylvania, so we're going to be talking about that classic Pennsylvania cryptid, the squonk. You're lying. No. Squonk? It's the squonk. Don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore, because I'm going to start asking questions. No, I wouldn't dream of it, and also, I don't know if I have any answers. (laughs) I still got to get to work on my research. That red light light is still on, I noticed. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we hope you tune in next time, and until next week, don't don't get get spooked. spooked!